Unashamed and naked in a garden that has never seen the rain Rulers of a kingdom full of joy, never marred by any pain The morning all around them seems to celebrate the life they've just begun And in the majesty of innocence, the king and queen come walking in the sun But the master of deception now begins with his dissection of the word And with all his craft and subtlety, the serpent twists the simple truth they've heard While hanging in the balance is a world that has been placed at their command And all their unborn children die as both of them bow down to Satan's hand Then just before the evening, in the cool of the day They hear the voice of God as he is walking But they can't abide his presence now so they try to hide away But still they hear the sound as he is calling Adam, Adam where are you? Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam, Adam, where are you? In the stifling heat of summer now, the gardener and his wife are in the field. And it seems that thorns and thistles are the only crop his struggles ever yield. He eats his meals in sorrow till he sinks into the dust whence he came. But all down through the ages, he can hear his maker calling out his name. Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam, Adam, where are you? Though the curse has long been broken, Adam's sons are still the prisoners of their fears. And rushing helter-skelter to destruction with their fingers in their ears. While the Father's voice is calling with an urgency I've never heard before. Won't you come in from the darkness now before it's time to finally close the door? Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam, Adam, I love you
I loved you long before the time your eyes first saw the day And everything I've done has been to help you on the way But you took all that you wanted And at last you took your leave you Traded off a kingdom for the lies that you believe And although you've chosen darkness with its miseries and fears Although you've gone so far from me Wasted all these years Even though my name's been spattered By the mire in which you lie I'd take you back this instant If you turn to me and cry I don't care where you've been sleeping I don't care who's made your bed I already gave my life to set you free There's no sin you could imagine That is stronger than my love And it's all yours You'll come home again to me When you come back to your senses And you see who's been to blame Remember all the good things That were yours with just my name Then don't waste another thought Before you change the way you're bound I'll be running out to meet you If you'll only turn around Turn around I don't care where you've been sleeping I don't care who's made your bed I already gave my life to set you free There's no sin you could imagine That is stronger than my love It's all yours if you'll come home again to me I don't care where you've been sleeping I don't care who's made your bed I already gave my life Set you free. There's no sin you could imagine that is stronger than my love. If it's all yours, you'll come home again to me. That was by Don Francisco. And it's a very moving, very, very moving song. Where art thou, Adam? Where art thou? Let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. We'll just read a few verses. Starting at verse 7. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam 
and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. Where art thou? God's first question to man, and it's still his question to man, as we heard on that tape. Down through the ages, through the years, the, the question echoes and echoes and echoes. Where art thou? Where art thou? And that's something perhaps we should look at this morning and ask ourselves. Where are we? Where art thou? It's not the first question in Scripture. The first question in Scripture which is still being asked by many today is, Hath God said? In the first verse, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree, of every tree of the garden. Hath God said? And that's the question too, which is, you know, when we, when we are to do, uh, attempt to do wrong, people say, Has God said that? Are you sure? They doubt God. And that's the first question that Satan came with to tempt the woman. She made him doubt. She made, he made her doubt God. And that's what's going on all the time. People are doubting God. They don't believe God's word. And the first lie was, ye shall be as gods. Ye shall be as gods. In verse 5, after he made her doubt God, the serpent then said, Ye shall be as gods. God knows that when you eat that, ye shall be like him. Ye shall be as gods. And this is the same lie which has been repeated again and again and again. All over the place. The Catholic Catechism says, that you will become gods. You will be as gods. Amazing. Benny Hinn and these fellows, they say you will become little gods. The first lie that Satan told in the Garden of Eden is being repeated again and again and again by people you would least expect it to come from. Sorello says you're not looking at Sorello, you're looking at Jesus. We are little gods. It's amazing how these lies are repeated again and again and again. And no matter whether we like it or not, it's happening. Just by the way, I, I got a transcript of a Trinity Broadcasting Network that took place uh, a service on, on the 19th of October. 
this year, just a few weeks ago. And Benny Hinn uh, says the most amazing things. He says, I tell you, people will be, people I'm telling you, I feel the anointing talking here, people are going to be cancelling funeral services and bringing their dead in their caskets, placing them, my God, I feel the anointing here, placing them before a television set, waiting for God's power to come through and touch them. And it's going to happen time and time. So much, it's going to spread. You're going to hear of it from Kenya to Mexico, to Europe, to South America, where people will be raised from the... And then he says, so much so that the word will spread that if some dead person be put in front of this TV screen, they will be raised from the dead and they will be by the thousands. By the... Th I mean, this is a... This, he said that they will be cancelling funeral services and that they'll be bringing all the dead in front of the televisions and lifting their hands and touching the television set from the dead people and they'll be all raised to, the, raised to life. It just, it's incredible. And this is the guy who says you're going to be little gods. This is the guy who gave the anointing to Arnott, who gave the anointing to Mumford, who gave the anointing to Holy Trinity Brompton, who is at the back of the Alpha Course. Where art thou? Where art thou? That's what we've been asked this morning. Where are we? Where are we? Where do we stand in all this? You know, Adam had enjoyed fellowship with God, but he had disobeyed God. And that's the situation with some of us. Day by day, we have fellowship with God, but we disobey God. And God says, where art thou? Where art thou? Where are you standing? You know, he didn't know, he didn't have to be told that he was not in communion with God. You don't have to be told when you're not in communion with God. God's Spirit touches your heart and you're convicted. No one had to tell Adam. No one had to tell. He didn't, Eve didn't have to tell him. He knew that he was not in fellowship with God. And Adam's reaction. Adam's reaction. And we have it in those verses he said I heard I heard your voice I heard your voice and you know God will call to you if we have strayed away and we'll hear his voice saying where art thou God will speak to us and Adam said I heard thy voice in the garden I heard thy voice in the garden. God will speak. If we have strayed away, listen, he'll speak. You know, when, when Paul was on the road to Damascus and he was giving his testimony in Acts 22 and he said, and they that were with me saw the light and were afraid but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. Oh yes, if if God is speaking to you, you'll hear it. You'll hear it. Others may not hear it. Those who are, are not in fellowship, who have not been in fellowship with God, may not hear it. But if you have strayed away, you'll hear God's voice. And he said, I was afraid. Here was a man who had had fellowship with God and was in, in close harmony with God. And then he sinned and he was afraid of God. Such a contrast. He said, I was afraid. 
guilt, his guilt was discovered. He discovered, he knew his own guilt. And then he was afraid of this God who he knew was almighty and all-powerful. You see, that's we have lost that image of God. That God is an awesome God. God is a holy God. But Adam, he knew it. And he was afraid. We treat God too lightly. For I acknowledge my transgressions, the psalmist said, and my sin is ever before me. My sin is ever before me. I was afraid. And he says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? There's no escaping from God. We can't hide from God. And that's what he said. I was afraid. And he said, I was naked. I was naked. And you know, we are naked in God's sight. We can't hide anything from God. We're naked. We're exposed. And that was the effect of sin on his life. We are all naked in God's sight. Sin cannot be covered by man. You know, they sewed these fig leaves together in an effort to hide their nakedness. As if, when they were going before God, that this would cover them up. And we try to do that. We try and cover our steps. We try and cover our sin. But sin cannot be covered by man. It's an interesting verse in Ezekiel there. When God is talking uh, to about Israel in Ezekiel uh, chapter 16 and verse 39. And I will also give thee into their hand, and they shall throw down thine eminent place, and shall break down thy high places. They shall strip thee also of thy clothes, and shall take thy fair jewels, and leave thee naked and bare. God's judgment was coming unto Israel. And he said they were going to be left naked and bare. We are naked and bare in God's sight when we have strayed away from him. Let's continue. You know, there's that verse which we looked at in Revelation when they were writing to the church in Laodicea. And it said, Because thou sayest I am rich, this church thought they were self-complacent, they, they thought they were okay, and they said, Thou sayest I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not, knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. There are many who, who are living their lives, and they think they're alright. But you know, God looks at them, and he says, You're naked in my sight. You haven't been clothed with the righteousness of God. And that's what we need to be clothed with his righteousness. He says, come to me and, 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 and be clothed in my righteousness. And then he says, I hid myself. I hid myself. Hiding from God in the trees of the garden. Such futility. The psalmist said, whither shall I, whither shall I, if I ascend... Whither shall I go? I think it is. If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. We can't hide from God. God's eyes go through and to and fro throughout all the earth. We cannot hide. 
and God said, where art thou? Where art thou, Adam? And that's the way it is with us this morning. God speaks to us and he says, where are you? What's the situation in your life? Where are you in relation to me? Where are you in relation uh, to my word? Another question which came up in scripture is where dwellest thou? Where dwellest thou? And it came from that verse when the couple of disciples who were following uh, John and they, 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 saw, they followed Jesus and Jesus turned to them and saw them following and said unto them uh, what seek ye? And they said unto him Rabbi, that is to say being interpreted master, where dwellest thou? They came and saw where he dwelt. Where are we dwelling? Are we dwelling close to God or are we dwelling close to the world? You know in Hebrews 13 and verse 14 it says for here we have no continuing city but we seek one that is to come here in this present pent absent from him I roam and lightly pitch my moving tent a day's march near our home we used to sing are we living in that temporary situation we move our tent or have we made this, this world our permanent, as if it was going to be our permanent home in Colossians it says set your affections on things above not on things on the earth that shouldn't be there I'm sorry not uh, things on the earth that's what we have to do we have to set our affections on things above and not on things on the earth where will our dwelling place be where dwellest thou you know I had a bit in there about Lot Lot was dwelling in Sodom and day by day his righteous soul was vexed by what was going on but the answer was for him to, to leave Sodom and get out of Sodom and go back to his uncle Abraham but he stayed on and look at the disaster it was for him and his family they had to get out and Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed and he lost his wife lost their son-in-laws he and his two daughters were the only ones that escaped because he was dwelling in Sodom and there it is that's what it says about him in Peter for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds he vexed his righteous soul every day. His soul was annoyed every day. But he, had to, he should have got out of Sodom. Then he wouldn't have had this problem. And that's our problem in a lot of cases. We live too close to the world. And God says to us. Where are you dwelling? Where do you dwell? He that dwelleth. The psalmist said. In the secret place of the Most High. Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's a wonderful text. That's where we have to live, in the secret place of the Most High, close to God, in communion with Him, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through His Spirit indwelling us, and then we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In the shadow of His wings there is rest, sweet rest. And finally, the last question, of what city art thou? Of what city art thou? 
And this was uh, going back to an Old Testament question. It doesn't matter what the story behind it. But of what city art thou? You know, we, when we meet people, we know people by their accents. We know people by the way they dress. We know people by the, the, the color of their skin. You know, but when people see us, do they know what city we're dwelling in? Or where we come from? And it says in 2 Corinthians, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That's the place where our thoughts and our mind should be, in the eternal heavens. And that's the way we should live our lives. And that's the kind of city we should be dwelling in. A city which is in the future. Our earthly house and this tabernacle were dissolved. We're living in, we should be living in a tent down here and our building should be our home in heaven. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. What city are we dwelling in? Are we dwelling in that spiritual, celestial city or are we living here in the, in the materialistic city of the world? And then finally, Whither goest thou? Whither goest thou? Another question from scripture. Whither goest thou? And this is important for each one of us. Where are we going? Is our mindset on where we're going? Where are you going? Where are we going? Not tomorrow or the next day. But we have a home in heaven. We have a an inheritance which is incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away. That's where we're going. But that if we have that thought in, our, thought in our mind and we know where we're going, then it should affect how we live down here. That song was so moving. Where art thou, Adam? We should sit back and we should take stock of our Christian lives. Every year a business sits back and it takes stock and it produces a balance sheet and a profit and loss account. And if we were to do that with our lives, would, would, would they be balanced out one way or the other? Would there be more profit for the world than there would be for the kingdom of God? Where art thou? Where art thou in relation to the word of God? Where art thou in relation to the doctrines of God? Are they important to you? Or are they something which we can just forget about? But doctrines are important. And we must live our lives in accordance with the standard. Chris and I were just talking uh, earlier, just before the service. And we were saying that the only standard we have is the standard of the Word of God. We were jokingly saying that if builders all had their own ideas what a yard made up, houses would look pretty queer and crazy. Because the standard yard is there, set in the, the stonework in Trafalgar Square, I think it is. There's a, there's a yard. There's a standard which has to be maintained. And if builders don't keep to that standard, well then, there would be just, it wouldn't work out. And that's the way it is with the Word of God. That's our standard. If we go below the standard or above the standard, things won't work out. God has given us His standard. And that's the only way I will seek through God's help 
to, 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 to live my life by the standard of the word of God if we go beyond that standard and we can't prove what we do by God's word then we are going into something which is outside the standard so let's all once again take stock of our lives hear that voice speaking as we heard it so vividly on Don Francisco's song. The voice of God coming down through the centuries and through the centuries to Adam's offspring. Where art thou? Where art thou? Wouldn't have been necessary for him to say that if Adam had, fallen out of, had not fallen out of fellowship with God. And if we have fallen out of fellowship, we will hear God's voice. Don't, don't ignore it because God will say to you, where art thou? And be sure that we rectify that and get back into fellowship with God because, as it said there, I don't mind where you've been living. I don't mind where you've been sleeping. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness may we each one just do a little balance sheet in our hearts and in our minds today and make sure that we know where we're going for his name's sake amen